630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. So pick it up again. He will go to the right as well. Now bringing to the middle quick hand. Scores! Connor McDavid with a ton of moves in front of Saros. You'll see. Goes way over to the left. Slowly brings it in. He'll pull it. He'll shoot it. Saved by Koskinen. And the Oilers win it in a shootout. 3-2 the final. As Koskinen's mobbed. And the Oilers get their 21st win of the season. Yeah, McDavid with a beauty move in the shootout. Miko Koskinen stopping all three shooters he faced. That was his save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. The Oilers beat the Predators 3-2. Third straight win for the Oilers. And as Cam mentioned, 21st win. They're now 21-16-2. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, first of all, Rob, man, oh, man, entertainment value in that game, extremely high. That was a beauty. It, it was. It was fun. And, and I said to Bob right after the game, you, despite whatever would have happened in the shootout, if it would have gone the other way, it, it was a fun game to watch. Um, this isn't the same type of Nashville team we've seen in the past. They trade chances. Uh, and we, there was a stretch in the second period of about six minutes where it just was going back and forth, odd man break to, against odd man break. Uh, both teams got high-end talent. Uh, both goaltenders were outstanding. It was fun watching Roman Yossi play. That kid, oh, he, he's, he's entertainment every time he steps on the ice. So it, it was a, a, good, a good, fun game to be part of. And then you add the fact that they got two points out of it against a good Nashville team. Yeah, the goals in regulation time, Forsberg and McDavid in the first period, uh, 11th game in a row, 26 out of 30. The Oilers have allowed the first goal against Duchesne and Bouchard scoring in the second. The third period was scoreless. And again, another, I mean, a fantastic overtime again. Now, two nights ago, Vancouver hardly touched the puck in the overtime. And the shots were 9-1 for the Oilers. I'd say in terms of having the puck in this overtime, the Oilers probably had it for longer, but Nashville outshot the Oilers 4-3. Nurse did hit the post, and two great looks. Duchesne 33 seconds in before the Oilers did get the puck, and then, I mean, Yossi, minute 30 left and over, all alone in front, and Koskinen, who has has really bounced back from a tough stretch. He's been big three games in a row and being in that overtime. He he was, and... There were some huge moments in this game. The Predators were up uh, 2-1, I believe, at the time, where they could have extended the lead. He made a couple big saves. In overtime, they don't get to go to the shootout. We don't get to see Connor McDavid in the incredible shootout goal that he scored if Yossi buries that. And again, it's that's the best player that the National Predators have facing Koskinen one-on-one in overtime, and Koskinen came up with a big save. Uh, I mean, I'm... So excited for how things have gone over the last three games for Koskinen, the way that he's played. Uh, there was, I mean, there was articles saying, get this guy out of town now. I mean, things like that. It, it got personal, some of the things that were being said about him. And, and he talked about how hard it was that he couldn't turn on a TV or, or a radio or check his phone uh, because of the negative uh, energy coming towards him. And he's just gone out and put together three really good games. So uh, it was it was a, a fantastic overtime. Both teams had their chances. Uh, again, for the second game in a row that we saw uh, Connor and Leon split up to start the overtime. But because sometimes they, I don't know if you notice, Reid, but sometimes they take extended shifts 
<laughs> and if they do, they sometimes run out on the same time on the ice. And, and then you saw a couple of great opportunities. Uh, but uh, we, we, I can't say enough how much fun watching three-on-three three is when you got the best in the world competing like they do. So 3-2, the Oilers win in a shootout. Now three consecutive road games coming up for the Oilers, and we'll talk more about those as we move along tonight. And, of course, Evander Kane joining the team as well. There's going to be a news conference at 9 a.m., so he'll speak before the Oilers depart for Montreal. Three goals tonight. $300 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. James H. Brown giving 100 bucks every time the Oilers score. And really, Rob, two beauties by McDavid. He goes almost the entire length of the ice in the first period, probably about 170 feet. And then the shootout goal, I mean... I don't know how many little deeks and moves he built into that shootout goal, but it was it was probably double what most players would attempt. Oh, double! That, I mean, multiply it by ten times, and <laughs> and the fact that he still had the puck. Most players, if they have to stick handle it that fast, the puck doesn't stay on their stick; it's bouncing somewhere, and he's doing it with a an end in goal. He knows where what he wants to do. He wants eventually to Saros to bite, and he did. And as a goaltender, how can you not? I mean, you're, you're, your eyes are tracking back and forth, back and forth. And finally, you think, look, this is when he's going to make his move. And you bite, and then he still can go around you. Most players in the National Hockey, and I'm, and I'm saying, I'm trying to think if there's any other players. Maybe a Patrick Kane can do what we just saw Connor McDavid do it. But Patrick McCain's doing it at a, sm- a slower speed. I mean, he's coming in there Mach 1, doing that with his stick. There's absolutely zero chance for Saros on that one and it was one of those one where the goalie just looks afterwards yeah there's zero I wasn't going to make that save nobody could have but it, it was a, a big goal that got the Oilers the extra point but if that and, and I know that Bob talked about it that was a new move that we haven't seen from Connor in a shootout it's almost not fair I, I mean I played with with Mario who was the best breakaway player in the history of the National Hockey League and he only had like three moves he had one of one of three moves depending on what the goalie did, where the goalie was standing. Connor's got, uh, I mean, 10 moves, 12 moves, 15 moves. It's not fair. Players shouldn't be able to do that many things with success. But that was as pretty a shootout goal as you're going to see. Well, yeah, I mean, we saw so many great players tonight uh, do great things. McDavid was, uh, was excellent. Yossi played extremely well had lots of chances i mean didn't get on the uh on the score sheet but he plays 27 minutes and uc Saros, one of the best goaltenders in the league so far this season really over the last couple of years and Saros, how about this for a stat rob when he has faced 40 or more shots in a game he's 502 <laughs> so he was 501 coming into tonight so how's that for knowing you have a guy like that back there well even if we give up 40 we're, we're we're undefeated. We're 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 better than fifty, way better than fifty fifty to still get a point. I mean, we're all we're close to being guaranteed to win it anyway. So I mean, the Oilers uh, were able to get two, and Nashville had to settle for one. But uh, excellent goaltender. Hey, hey, both yeah, both ways. Gosson uh, came up with big saves at big moments, and we talked at one point, uh, you and I during this game, where it's tough for a goalie when all the the actions in the far end, and then the, the first time you have to touch the puck, it's off a a, a great grade a scoring opportunity you got to keep your focus saris on the other end i mean he never had time to to lose concentration because at times uh, he was just being peppered uh so that's what was so fun about this game tonight is there were lots of chances there's 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 close games where 
at the end of the night, the, the ch- grade A chances are 7-4. to four. So, yeah, it was, it was a 2-2 game, but there really couldn't have been more than three goals scored in the game by either team because no chances were had. Tonight was a game that it could have been, this could have been 6-5 because there's that many great scoring chances. So the, the, the stress level was high for both goaltenders with grade A scoring chance after grade A scoring chance. Uh, I don't know if Nashville was always a team that you would say you're guaranteed a fantastic, fun game because of the way they play, but they certainly are that kind of team now. All right, so the Oilers win at 3-2 in a shootout. By the way, the final shots were 46-30 for the Oilers, so 96 shots in the last two games. Well, I guess that you know there was overtime in both, so two <laughs> yeah. two games plus some some three on three. Uh, but st- and and here's the thing we were wondering about. Uh, I mean, look in in that tough stretch. Yes, the Oilers were outplayed some nights and and did you know were having a lot of problems, and there were a couple nights too where you didn't get a bounce. Uh, you know, the other team did well tonight. The Oilers did get a bit of a bounce. I mean, the Bouchard goal yep. that hadn't been going in for them on a lot of other nights. And to me, you look at, okay, well, five goals on 96 shots, that's still not a very good shooting percentage. No. So that that is still something you hope might ramp up with Hyman coming back, with Kane coming into the lineup as well. Well, and then you look at the competition. Um, Ottawa and Montreal, the next two games, uh, they are not uh, having good years. And, and then you throw in the major injuries to both teams. Uh the Oilers feasted on Ottawa last year, and they're going to be playing against a team that is missing some of their best players in the lineup. And I don't know if they're their top goalie. I don't think Murray's back yet either. I'm not sure about that. But this is a these are the type of games. I mean, Connor and Leon haven't exploded in a while, and you know that that's going to come. Their power play has not been well. Edmonton Oilers type power play as of late you know that they're going to get those goals are going to start going in so and then throw in the fact that you're going to get your bounces coming the other way they'll equal out yeah there's uh, i'm going to say that uh the japanese what is it called goal light yeah i believe you will be seeing that uh in the next two games and that's turned on whenever the oilers score five or more in a game you go to the 630 ched website print up a coupon for a free appetizer to japanese village featuring alberta's own brant lake wagyu visit jvedmonton.ca yeah matt murray is back rob he did play tonight okay. i think he played the last game uh, as well as the oilers are going to hit the road and yeah the power play story tonight both teams 0 for three so a, uh, a little mini drought, I suppose, for the Edmonton Oilers as the power play update for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including a new one in Camrose. Check out Extreme with an X, powerproducts.com. 3-2, the Oilers win over the Predators, this one in a shootout. And I mentioned Bouchard's goal. I mean, you know, again, now it's a little burst here because he has now three in the last three games, but still nine goals for Bouchard in in 39 games with not being the primary guy on the power play. Now, maybe that's going to slowly change. We don't know how long uh, Tyson Berry's going to be out, but, and we, Hey, we know Bouchard is still working on some things, especially in his own end at times, but mm-hmm. you, you can't argue with the pace for a 20 goal season from a defenseman. No. And in all honesty, I don't think they're using him uh, enough when he is on the power play either uh, to me. And we, we talked about it after one of the intermissions, every power play that I have Bouchard on the first 15, 20 seconds, he's, he's shooting every single one. And it's two passes back to Bouchard shoot. 
and that will open up your power play. So he's he, he should be getting more shots. He's a guy that if he if eventually he takes over the power play and runs it, should be a three four hundred whatever the top shot getters in the National Hockey League have because the way he shoots it creates it creates goals it creates rebounds it creates tips it creates chaos so he needs to do to do more uh yeah the, again tonight he got the puck past the first guy and that is a huge thing as a defenseman and when you're a player that's fighting in front of the net and Ryan was fighting in front of the net you want that puck to get through. If you're going to be willing to stand in front of the net, we'll get pucks through so it's not a wasted effort. Uh, he did again, and uh, he's... Well, and then tonight, the one thing that I saw from Bouchard tonight, Reed, that I haven't really seen a lot was a burst of speed where he came up through the neutral zone and, and had a burst of speed and tried creating at the net and got almost got a grade-A scoring chance. Uh, you don't usually see that out of him. To me, that's just a kid that's getting more confidence with the puck on his stick, which is also a good thing for him. All right, so the Oilers get by the Predators 3-2 in a shootout. Let's go down to the Hall of Fame room. Here's Dave Tippett. But 96 shots on net in the last two games. Do you feel like your team has been able to find its offensive mojo again? Well, when you put that many on, you'd like to capitalize a little more. So I don't think we're full mojo phase yet, but we're, uh, we're moving that direction. <laughs> um, well, if not for really good goaltending, you guys would have probably had more than five goals in the last two games as well. Well, we're making other two goaltenders look good, that's for sure. Okay, and can you talk about your team's battle level? You guys erased another two deficits today. Your team's battle level tonight. You know what? We we continue to... Well, there's lots of work in our game, and there's there's lots of try in our game, which you really like. There's a couple areas we can still clean up a little bit, a couple mistakes here and there that we're making that are kind of... Uh, they're, not, they're not ones that they just kind of arise in the game and you make a mistake and and uh, we're giving up some chances but for the most part we're we're solid like we've got everybody working hard and uh, Koski has given us two really good games Koski was really good we give up too many chances in the second period and was really strong and obviously when you shut out the you get they go for three in the shootout that's uh, gives you a chance to win Dave, what does it do uh, on your bench when when Miko and I mean the players all know everything that Miko's mm -hmm. gone through here, but he mm -hmm. he's made saves in certain points that are just so crucial. Do you yeah. really feels like it's uplifting for your group. I don't know if I'm overstating that, but no, it is. It is. It, I mean, Miko is a well liked guy, a very well liked guy, you know, and everybody knows that the pressure he's been under, and they're happy when things go well for him, right? And. He uh, and Miko wants to do that too. He he wants to he wants to be part of the solution here. So it's uh, it's contagious. Those things when your goaltender makes big saves, it's contagious for your group. Um, I'll change the subject a little bit because your GM made some pretty significant news today. You had a chance to talk with Evander Kane this week. Uh, what sense do you have uh, where his head is at and and the player in the headspace he's in that you're going to get? He seemed in a really good space, a really good space. I'm going to try to spend some time with him tomorrow morning again uh, before we leave, and I'll probably dig into it a little more at the press conference in the morning. But um, I've tried not to kind of try to put it on the back burner, as Jim was said. I haven't started moving the salt shakers yet, so tonight maybe there'll probably be some salt shakers instead of sheep going in my head. Maybe I don't know, but uh, we'll we'll get a chance to spend some time with him, see where he's at, see where he thinks he's at conditioning-wise, and uh, he'll come on the road, and we'll just kind of get a feel for where he's at. 
I was going to ask you that, Dave. Players joining a team in midseason, is this like missing training camp and being injured and then suddenly coming back into a lineup when everybody else's, the trains left the station and teams have played 40 games already? Yeah, I mean, we got to see where he's at. Like, he's played some games this year uh, in the American League, and then he's, I know he's been skating hard for, for the last week, and uh, his dad's training him, so I know he's doing a lot of, a lot of hard work there with his dad training him. So, um, you know, well, well, you got to get him on the ice and see where he's at, and then we'll reevaluate from there. And is that what you need, a, a winger who's got a shooting mentality in your top six? Well, if you just look, I've watched a lot of video of him, talked to a lot of people, and, you know, he's he's a player that can have an impact on the game. He's a big, strong player who can score. And anytime you can add a player like that to your lineup, it makes your lineup better. So Kenny and his, and his uh, team have done their due diligence, and we add a player like that right now. It's, you know, we hope he can come in and really contribute to what we're trying to do. And are you concerned about his off-the-ice behavior? No, no, no. I, I like our leadership group in that room. My conversations with them this, this week have been very good. And, uh, you know, we'll get to know each other a lot better, kind of find out where we are with everything. But, um, you know, Kenny and his guys did their due diligence, and we think he can, he can help our team win. Thank you. Dave, you mentioned you trust your leadership group. How is the balance as the head coach to then the leadership group? How does it differentiate? Because, you know, Kane for his first years in San Jose, no problem. Obviously, there seemed to be some disconnect between him and maybe even his own teammates. How do you ensure that doesn't happen? Is that on the, the leaders or is it on the coach? Yeah, it's probably on, it's, it's on everybody. It's on him. It's on us. It's on the leadership group. It's on everybody. You got to, you got to welcome a guy and see where we're at with things. But the conversations I had with him this week, he was in, you know, very good frame of mind. So we'll we'll continue to uh, get to know each other a little bit. Thanks, Dave. All right, thanks, guys. All right, that's Dave Tippett as the Oilers beat the Predators 3-2 in a shootout. And the addition of Evander Kane is indeed our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. Tippett was asked, I, I think the question that's going to be in a lot of people's minds you know, are, are you confident he's going to be able to take care of things off the ice? I think Tippett said yes. I mean, really, Rob, um, not a normal free agency for several reasons. A, it's not the summer. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had a. I mean, let's let's put this in uh, real life terms. And we and you and I both know pro sports does not always have a lot of correlations to real life. But uh, Vander Kane was basically fired by the mm-hmm. San Jose Sharks. And then the Oilers basically had to, uh, you know, conduct a job interview or two uh, to make sure they want to hire him, and they they feel comfortable doing that. Well, yeah, yes, uh, I'm sure that the San Jose Sharks had done that before, and the Winnipeg Jets had done that before, and the Buffalo Sabers had done that before, and things then still went sideways. Um, it it's short term. Um, this is it's almost like a. A tryout, uh, you know what? We'll come here short term, see what happens. Where there's not a lot of, if it goes sideways, well, we got, we gave nothing for you, and we're only giving you this much money, and we're giving you no term, so it's easy to walk away. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's we we've heard all all week long that the both the coach and the GM have talked to him, uh, the players have talked to him. They've had meetings with the coach and GM. They've had meetings with the players talking if this is something they want to do uh there's going to be some people out there that are going to say well this is 
wins are more important than anything else, so we want to sign him. There's going to be people out there that are going to say, you know what, uh, something else, your reputation is more important than wins. So there's going to be all kinds of sides to it. Uh, we're going to see very shortly if the on-ice product is better with him on the team and the skill level he has is something that is desperate in this, in this uh, organization. Uh, to have someone that can do what he can do in your top six uh, and you don't give nothing up to get him, that's huge. But there's always, whenever you talk about Evander Kane, there's a but. And I guess we won't know until season's end if that but became bigger than uh, the Oilers dressing, if it became bigger than the Oilers leadership group. Uh, this is a, it's one that could come back and bite the Oilers big, but it also is something that could pay dividends. And the Oilers' next opponent, which could be the debut of Evander Kane, is Montreal on Saturday, and the Canadians lose tonight 5-4 to the Anaheim Ducks as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and new semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Also, the Calgary Flames, after a couple of lopsided victories, get beaten tonight 5-1 by the St. Louis Blues. The Canucks win in Winnipeg 5-1. Blue Jackets knock off the Rangers 5-3. Adam Larson in overtime as Seattle beats the Penguins 2-1. Kings over the Islanders 3-2. They've, they've been, they were using Larson wrong all the time here, obviously. Should have been the first guy out. <laughs> he All he did in overtimes at Edmonton was open the door. He well, never got on the ice. So, got good for Adam Larson. Panthers over the Golden Knights 4-1. Lightning beat the Devils 3-2. And uh, Hurricanes beat the Senators 3-2 in a shootout. Edmonton and Ottawa on Monday. You know, it's funny you mentioned that I had Hal Gill on my show last night who broadcast Predators games. And I asked him about three-on-three overtime. And I'd forgotten he had played a, a few games. I thought he retired just before it started, but he got into a few three-on-three games. And he said the only time he got asked to put out, to go out, was uh, if somebody took a penalty. And then it was going to be, you are going to be down four-on-three. So he said there was one overtime. It's like, Cal, you got to go out. He's like, I've took my skates off. Like, what? You know what's funny about that? And I've, I've been on many teams, and I've... Players actually do undo their skates. If if you're if you're a player that's like, all right, I ain't getting on the ice again today. It hurts when your feet. Like some guys wear. Well, Paul Coffey wore skates that were two sizes too small. He never had to worry about not playing. But there's a lot of guys that have tight skates and or, or, or they just aren't comfortable. And if you're gonna sit and you're not getting on the ice again, they do untighten their untie their skates. So when he said that, it, you might think it's in jest. He probably did have his skates untied on the bench. And also on the Edmonton Trailers scoreboard, World Cup qualifying Canada looking good to make it as they beat Honduras 2-0 this evening. Oilers beat the Predators 3-2 in overtime, and they do it without a point from Leon Dreisaitl, who uh, did play 27 and a half minutes and win 57% of his face-offs. He's absolutely feasted on Nashville recently in his career. No points tonight, so Dylan gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card excitement bet on it the line i set before the game two and a half for points for dry cycle so it's zero so dylan gets the under okay uh, we got a lot to talk about uh, i'm sure people want to chime in on this game and on adding evander kane as well and uh, we're also going to hear from bouchard koskinen mcdavid and nurse the hotline is powered by certainty the pro's choice for roofing siding drywall insulation and ceiling systems pro all the way it is 780-496-0063 
Oilers win it 3-2 in a shootout over the Predators. We're just going to bring you a quick news and uh, weather update. You, you probably heard the emergency alert on our station uh, earlier. There was an amber alert earlier today. I think there's at least a bit of an update on that, so that's very important to uh, get you the latest there. We're back in a couple of minutes. He'll pull to the left, now back to the middle, fakes it. Oh, Koskinen got it in the right pad. He just got the pad up in the air enough after Duchesne stopped in front of the net. That's unbelievable. You know, Rob, when I was a kid, Scorpion was a Spider-Man villain. <laughs> but now it's a style to save. It's funny because we were talking about offensive players getting more creative scoring goals well goaltenders got to reply too it's like okay i'm down flat on my face is there some little body part i can lift up or make bigger uh to make a save you're, you're and right. constant with the scorpion there you're absolutely right from, from from when i started in the national hockey league till the time i ended to now for the first player to really change the game of goaltending was dominic hasek i mean every all goaltenders they had to stay the same way and then you, this is the way you moved but Dominic Kasich just changed and would just throw any body part in, in in trying to block the puck from going in. And players started, goalies started seeing that and they started throwing that into their game. Uh, it becomes a desperation move. It's funny, though, the one that we just heard in the, the save that Koskin made, as great as it was, I was wondering if that puck went in, if it would have been allowed. The one, uh, the, who was it that shot at 95 is... Duchesne was Duchesne. the one on that one. Yeah, because yeah. to me, it looked like he was going backwards. He, he came in, he stopped, and actually skated backwards a bit when he was shooting the puck and, and Koskinen stuck his leg in the air. So I, I don't know what the rule is, but I didn't think... I think you always had to keep forward motion going or the puck going forward anyways. To me, that looked like there was a stop. He kind of fumbled it a bit and then went backwards and Koskin made didn't matter anyways because he made a fantastic save but I was interested to see I was looking at the referee if he was going to point in if the puck went in the net or not but uh, Koskinen uh, three big saves in overtime or excuse me in the shootout against three pretty good players and gets the the Oilers that extra point all right three two the Oilers win in a shootout three wins in a row they're 21 16 and two on the season we will go to the Certainty Hotline. We'll welcome Alex to the show. Hi, Alex. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. And Thanks. I want to give you. I want to give you a plug. I want to make a comment, and then I want to say something that's a little off the wall, and then I'll hang up and listen. Oh, well, I um, like off-the-wall stuff, so, yeah, fire away. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, being at a number of games throughout the season, I'm tired of listening to the weather, and I think that you guys have some good comments during the game. But yeah, they should get a podcast. We should all the listeners should lobby the Oilers to get you a couple minutes up on the screen, <laughs> so that we can get some real analysis up there. Well, thank you and very was, much. That's pretty cool I, of you to say. And I was sitting in the stands tonight, not far from where Jack and Louie were, and it was kind of really neat watching the game and hearing them call it. I'm not oh, sure cool. why it's down low now, but it was kind of interesting. Well, the the, the TV guys have always been on the uh, concourse level. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, here's my off-the-wall thing. Like, I don't want to break the record. I, I don't want the record to be the first goal for us. So I think we should do something like the Mighty Ducks and pull our goalie the first two minutes of the game and go for a goal. Because they're going to score anyway, so what the hell? That's, that's an interesting way to look at it. The Oilers, like, does it matter? And the thing is, Rob, we've talked about – well, is there going to be a new way they give up the first goal tonight? That would be a new one. Pull your goalie at the start of the game. Other team fires it in. 
Well, it, well, they're not. Whatever they're doing, it's not working. No, you're certainly right. It, 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 and it's to the point now that it's funny. We didn't even mention it tonight, Reed and I, when we talked at the end of the first period, simply because. Uh, it, it's just normal now. It, it's it's like if it happens enough, it's a new normal. It used to be something that we would talk about and we'd fret about and worry about, but now it's like, yeah, the other team scored. It's okay. We'll be all right. But it's just one of those things that you, the expectation, if if the Oilers do score first, it will be shocking. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> That's it a good will be point. Pull the goalie and do it. <laughs> That, yeah, thanks, Alex. We pre- appreciate it. it. That's, I mean, that's the crazy thing. It actually would be shocking if the Oilers scored first. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it'd be like, like if if you didn't watch a night of games, and then somebody the next morning said to you, like, okay, one of these things is true. Uh, I'll just pick some random guy. Like Matthias Ekholm got six goals in a game, <laughs> or the Oilers scored first. Which one's a lie? And you'd you be like, say, well, well, you you'd say go, the Oilers scored first. You say like this. Knew. Yeah, I always knew Ekholm was going to get six <laughs> in a game, so that's expected. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, it, it it is befuddling. Like it's seriously, and, and the thing that is, and I'll say it again, is the Oilers have the two best offensive players in the world on their team. This is a team that that's that's got some guys that can score, and yet. Game after game, and so, sometimes it's teams, good players on the other team. Sometimes it's a guy's got three goals in the last three years, can still score first before Connor and Leon are able to put a puck in the net. Yeah, well, we had a gentleman last game say uh, the coach should put up seventy five thousand dollars. I don't know why he picked that amount. That's when I decided to come out of retirement and play <laughs> yeah. for the Oilers early in hockey games. Yeah. Pull the goalie first, but like like we were talking about before the game, and I I talked about it on my show last night it's now almost not even worth the Oilers discussing as a team, like focusing on it. Okay, deal, deal with it. I mean, we've won games down one nothing, 2 nothing. You don't like it, but it's like if you bogey the first two holes in golf, we're playing for a major championship, what's the golfer going to do, walk off the course and retire? Well, like- it's, well it's true, and, and in all honesty, and, and we've seen it in the last two games, it's score the last goal. <laughs> I mean, that's the one that's really important, and the Oilers have done that as of late. They've scored the last goal, which is getting them the point. So uh, the, the, what, we're, what you're seeing now, right, right now with the Oilers giving up the first goal, what they're getting is the goalie making the save, not allowing... Uh, that back-breaking goal. And I think that's what yeah. happened before when the Oilers were giving up the first goal. They weren't getting the save that they needed at some point in the game. And over the last three games, they're getting that save. And that save has allowed the Oilers to overcome bad starts or slow starts or unfortunate starts and get the two points. So it's a confident group. And what I like, too, is when Dave Tippett talked about it, and, and, and we know it because we hear about it all the time, but he announced it to the, to the world as... The players love Miko Koskinen. They, he, he's a well-liked person in their dressing room. And I know we've had callers, you and I, many times where they said, you know, the Oilers, when Koskinen's in, they play different. They don't have trust in him. They don't believe in him. You can tell it in their faces. But, but Tippett, we've heard players talk about how much they like him, and Tippett said there. They, they have no problem with Miko Koskinen in the net. And right now, uh, they shouldn't because he's played very, very good their last three games. All right, Oilers win 3-2 in a shootout. Let's go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Mike standing by. Hey, Mike. Hey, Ken. Hey, Rob. Hey. Um, I just have a couple of comments here. Um, number one is, I mean, yeah, we played a great game. We've been playing great three games. But during our losing streak, I'm going to talk a little bit about our losing streak. Um, 
even Rob said it. We were not a good five-on-five team. Um, but the first 10 games, we were we were forechecking. We were playing great game. We were playing a full 60 game, uh, full 60 minutes. So during our losing streak, we were not forechecking. I noticed that. I'm not blaming everything on the goalie here like everybody did. But we weren't forechecking. We weren't playing our full 60 game, full 60 minutes. So what was the point of that, number one? Number two, um, I listened to you guys, and I listened to uh, 1260, and one comment that intrigued me was um, on uh, 1260, they said, Ken Holland said that was hard finding a goalie. So when we have the two best players in the world, and don't get me wrong here, we have the two best why would you go after Evander Kane instead of going after a goalie? That's my two comments, and I want to hear your thoughts. Please don't disconnect me. I want to hear your thoughts. And, okay. uh, yeah, we'll just we'll have to we'll have to put you on hold, or if you have your your, your radio on, you can listen. I, I mean, the, a fair comment, first of all, that goaltending is a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Ken Holland decided. Well, two things: Evander Kane decided he was interested in Edmonton, and I, I think the the question about the five on five play perhaps ties into why they would be interested in Kane, because I think Holland thinks that he can help five on five because now you're pushing somebody down in the lineup, whether it's Hyman, Fogel or Yamamoto, and that maybe the top three lines can be more balanced. Well, well. so I understand what I understand the question, but I don't think he's prioritizing Kane over goaltending Kane was available, and Holland is thinking, okay, here's how he can help. Well, Kane, Kane was available at no cost. For, so yeah, that, virtually none, yeah. Yeah, well, no cost uh, player-wise. So, sure. it, so that's why it was easier. As soon as Kane came available, Holland reached out and said, all right, are you interested in us? And he was. So that was why he, if Mike Smith isn't back, and, and I have no idea right now what's going on with Mike Smith, if he's not back, if he's not healthier, if he does not play up to the, the standard that he set last year, Ken Holland still knows, knows he needs a goaltender. The difference between Kane and a goaltender, Kane was, all right, do you want to come here? Yeah, I do. Okay, and it's done. You didn't have to negotiate with another team. For a goalie, well, okay, we, who do we want? Like, we want Flurry. Okay, we'd like Flurry. Well, okay, first of all, he's, he's got to say he's going to go there because he, he's got a no movement or he gets to decide where he goes. Okay, Flurry says, okay, he'll do that. Now you've got to give us something that we want because there's going to be other teams looking for him. And that's why it, he, he didn't prioritize. He's just, this is too, this, I mean, that's a lot more work. And you've got to find a team that wants something that we have that they're going to take from us so that we can get that goalie to come here. So yeah. it, it, and he's right. It's not easy. It, and I know that we had the one caller that said we should trade Koskinen straight up for Flurry, and that we're doing them a favor. It's not as easy as that to make work. That's the Flurry's the Vezina Trophy winner last year. He's gonna. They're gonna command a lot, and there's gonna be other teams that are gonna be interested in him. And Flurry's also got to be interested in coming here for it even yeah. to, to start. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, John Gibson right now, uh, Anaheim's uh, second in the division. In points, uh, I guess, you know, fourth in points. But I mean, my point is Anaheim's in a playoff race. Mm-hmm. And then you look at some of the goalies, like other goalies that are mentioned, some of them, their stats are worse than Koskinen's yep. for the season. 
and some of them are almost as old as Mike Smith. So I think I'm not, and look, I, I've criticized the goaltending as well and, and said, I think you have to look for, for an upgrade, but yes, it is not, if it was that easy to just get a goalie mid season, then there'd be 20 trades for goaltenders uh, every year. So, I mean, Mike, I hope we're kind of answering your question. Again, I think the position is a priority. Yes. And if the Oilers are going to have McDavid and Dreisaitl and a good offense, you, you need the backbone beyond, beyond this year, quite frankly. Well, you, you know, if you want if you want to look big picture. But again, some of the names that are available, um, okay, Jeremy Swayman in Boston. Well, look at how many games he's played. You don't really know how good he's going to be. Just well, as an example. Well, yeah. I mean, is that an improvement? I don't know. What's he ever done in the playoffs? I mean, well, yeah, exactly. So, and is Boston going to, are they going to move him? I mean, I know they got Rask back because how's he done? I know he got polar. It wasn't very good in his second game. So uh, there, there's still some time between now and in the deadline. And uh, in the East, I think the, the playoff teams are set outside of possibly the New York Islanders. So you know which teams are going to be sellers there. So you look at those teams to see if they got a goalie you want. In the West, it's not like that. There are a lot of teams that have belief right now that they can make the playoffs, and they should. And you don't, you can't trade away a good goaltender because that's it. And if you're still partially involved in a playoff race, because that's sending a bad, bad message to your team that you're quitting on your team as a general manager. So out west, if you got a goaltender that you like, well, there's only a few teams right now that are not going to be uh, given a chance to make the playoffs. So the others are going to have to wait. They're going to have to get by for a little while with Koskinen and Skinner. And then the hope, which was the hope before the season started, is that Mike Smith can play to the to the uh, level that he played last year. And if he does, well, then they got a good goaltender. But if he's hurt and he can't, or he's hurt or he just can't, comes back healthy and he's not as good, well, the others are not uh, a Stanley Cup contender with average goaltending. Yeah, but it's it's a really and it is it is a good question and and I think it's I I mean this Mike like it is an excellent question I I just think it's probably one that's going to be answered in the next few weeks I mean the Oilers are not yet at the halfway point of the season uh, you mentioned it Rob they they love Koskinen and the thing about Koskinen is not these nights it's when he has an off night it's way <laughs> it's off. off yeah it's way off well, from what the, the we've problem, seen the last three games yeah and the problem is. Koskinen has not been used this year the way that he's supposed to be used. He's a backup goaltender that was supposed to play every fourth game. And because of injuries, uh, he's had to play a different role. And I, I think everybody that has watched the Oilers knows or, or believes that Koskinen isn't a starter in the National Hockey League. But he is, and we've seen it, that he is a good, capable backup goaltender that has been forced into a position not on his doing, but he's come out, and that's where the stress levels come for him and for fans watching. He's being put in a position to do something he's, maybe he's not capable of doing. He hasn't shown yet that he's able to be a starter at this level. So uh, that's why the Oilers need a healthy Mike Smith or someone to come in if they're going to make a run in the playoffs. All right. Tonight, the Oilers win. 3-2 in a shootout over the Predators. You'll hear from McDavid and Nurse when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. To Granlund. He'll get it in front of the goal, and it's lifted up by Nugent Hopkins. It'll go to McDavid. Now through center. One-on-one -on -one, in over the line. Cuts it on net. Scores! Connor McDavid with a tremendous rush down the ice has tied the game at 1-1. 
Cam Moon calling Connor McDavid's 21st goal of the season. It came late in the first period. McDavid would also get the only goal in the shootout as the Oilers beat the Predators 3-2. Here are McDavid and Darnell Nurse. You guys have a tough opponent come into your building. You guys get your third straight victory. Do you feel like your team's getting into a rhythm now? Um, yeah, a little bit. You know, I think uh, you know we're starting to see some things in our game that uh, we saw at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, I think guys are getting the confidence back, and, and uh, you know we're getting good goaltending. And you know, Meeks has been uh, Meeks has been a rock back there. And, and, and when he plays like that, it's uh, you know it makes our, our job easier, and we got to make his job easier too by, by being better in front of him. Uh, Darnell, uh, in the last three wins, of course, you guys have erased deficits. Today, two separate one-goal deficits. Can you talk about your team's battle level? Yeah, it's battle. I mean, when you believe in the, the battle and the work that you you put in, I think we worked for our confidence to, to be able to come back in these games. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't like we, we just simply believed we were going to win. We, we worked our way to, to the confidence to come back in, these, in this game tonight especially. So it's a big win, something to build off of. Hey, Connor, uh, how much, a lot of these games in the last few weeks could have gone either way. Now they're sort of, you're, they are going your way. How much of being able to turn things around like this is just confidence and, and a team's mental uh, ability to kind of get its mojo going? I mean, confidence is so big in this game. Um, you know, either if you have it or you don't, it's, uh, it's a big thing. Um, you know, and, and uh, our confidence is just getting better and better. And, um, you know, I think uh, the... You know, that's just momentum, right? So, um, you know, good we found a way to get a win tonight and keep it going into a, a big road trip before the All-Star break. I was going to ask Darnell, did you get a look at Connor's shootout move, like either on the big screen or on film after, and, and how, well, what, what did you make of that? Oh, it was, a, it was okay move. <laughs> Went in, so I've seen nicer in practice. <laughs> Connor, in, in each of the last wins... Oh, T, were you done? Oh, go ahead. That's fine. Sorry. In each of the last wins, Miko's kind of had this moment where there's a, a huge save or two at, at a clutch point in the game. Uh, I mean, just to see him doing that right now, what does that mean for the guys and for the bench? Um, yeah, it's it, it uh, it's huge for us. Um, he's a guy that uh, you know, we care about a lot in that room, and uh, you know he's been under fire, um, like a lot of our team. But you know, a, a lot of it seems to be pointed at him, and um, you know we're a team in there, and and. Uh, you know, we got to work together and, and, and work our way out of it. And, you know, he's been uh, he's been a huge part of that. Um, you know, we need timely saves, and he's been giving us that. Uh, shifting away from the game, your general manager obviously made some news today. You guys are bringing Evander Kane in. Uh, Connor, what are your thoughts on adding this guy, um, what he can bring on the ice? And obviously he comes with some history off the ice. And how is a group you just... You know, you ensure that whatever issues might have been in the past are not issues here in any way. Yeah, I think it's important that we acknowledge that, uh, you know, there have been some issues and, um, you know, but uh, he's coming in and, and we, we, we trust Kenny. Um, we trust the leadership in the group. Um, you know, we have lots of uh, older guys that don't wear letters that, um, you know, are, are a huge piece of that room. So, um, you know, we think we can come in and, and uh, you know, he can, he can help us on the ice and, um, yeah. Spec, if I can, just one more. Darnell, just your sense of your leadership group in the room and your ability to handle, you know, whatever situations you're faced with and, and to keep each other in line and for standards to be what you need them to be no matter who comes in. Yeah, I'd say over the course of the, of the years as our leadership group ha has gotten older and, and more established in the league, there's a, there's a culture that we're starting to create around our room and, uh, 
you know, the thing about when, when you have a good team and a good culture is you can bring players from the outside and, and, and drive them into that culture and, and let them let them embrace it. And for us, uh, you know, we're bringing that, a really, really good hockey player that uh, is going to make our team better. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to bring around a, a culture that, uh, you know, I, I think obviously Kenny wouldn't have assigned him if he didn't think that he fit into it. So uh, we're, we're excited to have him and, and uh, you know, build off the, the few games that we've had here and, and some success. Darnell, you've defended against Kane over your years in the league. Tell us, you know, what do you, tell us what it's like. What kind of player is he? What makes him a guy that's going to make some change around here? Yeah, he's big, strong. Obviously, he has a physical presence. He has, he's willing to fight anyone. And at the same time, he, he gets the puck in, in the right spots. It's in the back of the net. So um, with the you know, passers and, and playmakers that we have on our team to, to add that into the fold. Um, it makes uh, it makes our team better. Connor, you get a, there's a shooter here coming in, a left winger. You guys obviously have two elite centermen. Uh, I guess speak to us if you could as a, as a centerman that's watching Evander Kane come onto your team. What do you feel about that? Yeah, I think uh, it certainly helps our our uh, depth of wingers. I mean, you start to look at the roster, and you know we're starting to get healthy again, and. You know, we seem to be through the COVID stuff, and um, you know, um, you know, we, we're we're deep on the wings, and it gives uh, Tip and the coaching staff uh, an opportunity to to put together some some pretty good lines, you know. And uh, you know, obviously, Kane's a guy that uh, can score, and and um, you know, I think whoever he plays with, it's uh, a good opportunity for both guys. Um, does this look like a move where? You if you're a general manager, I had to give up nothing, no draft, no first round draft choice, no top prospects. And it's like, you know, free money almost. You get a player of this caliber to come on, come in. Yeah. Whoever. D Darnell, can you answer? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the, as a GM, that's your job to, to go out there and, and find pieces that complement the team. So um, obviously, like I said, is, is due diligence and, and believes that uh, he can come in and help the team, and uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to embrace him. And for you, Connor, I presume the general manager asked yourself and Leon and Darnell what you thought before he made this move? You know, Kenny does a great job of keeping an open line of communication, and, um, you know, he's, uh, he's very good to his players, and um, he's been very good to us as well. And, and um, um, yeah, I mean, he, uh, we had a conversation about it, and, um, you know, we, we, we fully trust Kenny and, and, uh, and his decision-making and, um, and putting together a roster. Darnell, you talked about the uh, the culture that you're trying to create here. I'm just wondering, uh, you know, when you bring a player like Evander in mid-season, is there any different way that you have to kind of insulate him or, or get him going to, to fit into that culture because you're kind of in the midst of a season here? No, I think that's what we're trying to build here is that anyone that can come in uh, off the bat sees the amount of work that we have to put each day to get better. Um, how we care about each other and, and, and how we carry ourselves. So that's the, the, the culture that we've been trying to, to create. And, you know, that's the good teams in this league, the successful teams in this league can, can add players and they, they buy in because that's really the, the only choice when you come into a team. So I think that's what we're starting to build around here. And, uh, the, you know, this is no different. Uh, Vander's going to be a great hockey player for us and, and our culture is just going to need to continue to get stronger and stronger so players can come in and, and you know, embrace it. 
Connor, in, a, in an interview today on TSN, Evander mentioned how um, you, you and him did speak after your initial comments. He was impressed with what you, uh, you said because you never really knew him before. So can you shed some light maybe on just what your initial conversations with him were as the captain of the team? <clears throat> um, uh, yeah, I mean, we, 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 we had a conversation just like, uh, you know, kind of anyone when, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're looking to add a piece. And um, I had a really good conversation with him and, and uh, you know, explained to him that, um, you know, we're, we're, we're a team that, uh, um, you know, is, is, uh, is looking to, to, you know, go on a run. And obviously, uh, you know, he, he can come in and, and, and add to that uh, any way possible. And then that's... that's uh, you know, that's what we're looking for. Um, you know, and he was uh, he was great at uh, you know, acknowledging that um, you know there's there's uh, you know maybe going to be some backlash and stuff like that. So um, you know, I think it's a, a good opportunity for both sides. Um, you know, for him to come in and and uh, reestablish himself in the NHL, and 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 for us to, to add a player of his caliber, I think um, you know it's a good uh, it's a good opportunity for both both sides. And then one last one, just circling back to the game. Uh, I know at different times in the year, guys try to add some spice in the room, you know, put money on the board for a birthday or opposing team or whatever. Are you guys at the point where you got to put money on the board just to get the first goal? <laughs> I, saw, I saw someone write something like that. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, we have. <laughs> we have. Uh, yeah, we have, but it uh, doesn't seem to be working. But... Uh, you know, keep plugging away, and we'll we'll, uh, we'll score the first goal eventually. Well, I'm sure they will, but they have won three in a row, allowing the first goal, including this 3-2 decision over the Nashville Predators tonight. Get more on the Oilers on this game and Evander Kane joining the team on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. We'll have all the latest on Evander Kane. He's speaking at 9 a.m. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8 tomorrow night thanks to troy bowler our game day engineer at rogers place and to kellen kennedy our studio producer this evening our next game broadcast is saturday 3 30 for the face-off show game at five oilers at canadians we've been in the friesen brothers broadcast center on behalf of rob brown i'm reed wilkins thanks for listening to heartland ford overtime open line oilers take it in a shootout three two over the preds 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.